Well, hello there, FC Dallas Curious fan. Welcome to another episode. I don't know if this is a third degree, the podcast. It's going to fall into that feed, but this is kind of a special episode. What you're about to listen to is a recording of a post-game audio chat Discord server stages thing we did on third degree Buzz's uh, Discord server immediately after Dallas losing at home to NYCFC 1-0. It's the first time we've done it. Uh, I guess somewhere between 15, 20 different people joined in. And if you're listening to this and you're not a Patreon of Buzz, uh, if you do his, I think it's the $5 tier or higher, you get access to his Discord server, which also includes cool stuff in it like this, and all of the awesome people, fans like you, who participated in the conversation, and thanks to them for being brave enough to raise their hand and express themselves. It's a lot of fun. The loss wasn't, but this was a lot of fun, and we'll probably do it again uh, after games in the future. Uh, And if you have any feedback about how we did this, or ideas of how to make it better i'm always open to that so here we go we're going to pick it up where we kind of started as we were stumbling through trying to figure out how it worked i hope you guys enjoyed this again dallas zero nycfc one uh and here fourth is that discussion all right we'll get this thing working in a second dallas zero pigeons one holy christ what a waste of two hours that was and Dallas is now one, five, and three in their last however many. That is, and it's not good. And we're waiting for Dan Crook, who is up in the press box, uh, to join us here soon. Dan, why don't you uh, chime in to speak here, please, sir, now that you're here? Oh, there you are, Dan. Hey, so, sorry, I was uh, had it at the site muted. Uh, are you still up in the press box, sir? Yes, sir. All right. Well, uh, that was uh, not a lot of fun, and uh, I was hoping that maybe for once in the last couple of months, Dallas would actually fight back to win points versus giving up points. Uh, Alas, it was not to be. Yeah, I was a little bit uh, surprised by substitutions, bringing uh, Hedges in a little bit later on uh, when you're chasing a game. I I mean, I get like... You know that that move was to push to far out wide, and you know you had a little bit of success on the right. But uh, it just seems if you throw in Matt and, and Benny Redrich at a game late on, that you're not really, you know, you're not really throwing all your creative, your, your best creative threats there. Especially, you know, I don't know what what Thomas Roberts has done to uh, deserve the stink or why. Uh, Sabolchun wasn't on the bench, but those are two guys that, on their day, can can turn a game around. Yeah, it's a it's a weird deal. I you know Dan, uh, both those guys clearly are in the Nikosi, or not Nikosi, Nico version of the doghouse, the old uh, Oscar Perea doghouse. Maybe Oscar's doghouse was uh, packed somewhere underneath the stadium, and he found it and brought it out and shoved those two guys in there because. That is a little weird to bring on the, the guys that they did. But let's uh, let's just really quickly, and as, as anybody has questions and stuff, feel free to raise your hands. We'll throw you in here as needed. But let's just review the game a little bit, Dan, as we saw it. Um, first off, we kind of anticipated that Dallas would have to play an altered lineup uh, with all of the suspensions and Farfan's injury. Farfan was both injured and suspended, by the way. I didn't realize he had, uh, had, I had forgotten he had gotten a suspension. Uh, with that card, but uh, here we go with the very weird lineup that shows up as a four-four-two, and it takes Nico all of about what ten minutes to decide that isn't working very well, and he switches it back to the four-three-three. Yeah, I don't know how much of that was just Jesus's position and his frustration of, of kind of finding his way back towards the ball, but it just seemed a little bit. I mean, if a, if a team can't keep a consistent shape, I know like you know, soccer is a very fluid game, uh, particularly nowadays. But it just seemed like there was no organization on the field at all. All right, hey Dan, do me a favor, just speak up a little bit because you're a little soft spoken, and there's enough noise in the background with you. You're hard to hear, so just FYI. Uh, 
That's much yeah. Sorry, better. it's just headphone mics. Oh, that's much much better. Um, okay, so uh, now New York actually shows up in town, and they didn't roll out their best eleven either. They they were kind of fielding a uh, wonky wonky lineup themselves. Yeah, they were about six starters. Uh, obviously, uh, Tati Castellanos was the one that we all knew about, but you had Maxi Morales behind him uh, is is out injured, uh, which then forces them to kind of play around with the wingers, Rodriguez and, and Tellez Magno, who the players, whatever his name is, the 43, who ended up in midfield. Um, Rodriguez obviously set up the, the goal playing up top. You had a, one of the centre mids playing at centre back uh, as they kind of adjusted to that um, formation that they even play. Uh, they, they kind of uh, they played that like 3-5-2. Uh, rather than the usual four two three one, uh, yeah, just uh, yeah, you had a lot, they had a lot of players missing, and and they looked mostly in control. Uh, it was it was two heavily rotated teams that really only one of them looked like a heavily rotated team. <laughs> Well, one is the defending MLS Cup champions, so you'll have to assume that maybe their depth chart is a little better than Dallas's. But it was a frustrating first half, but n- no more so than the moment that uh, is probably major talking point number one, which came in about, what, the 28th, 29th minute. It starts off oddly, because if I remember correctly, this all starts with a ball being played out to Velasco, who gets who receives the ball in open space and turns and goes, but the ref decides to call a foul. I'm assuming for a handball. Is that what that was for? Um, I didn't realize it was a foul call. I thought Johnson kicked it out of his hands. Uh, well, the, the the play restarts, and then somewhere because now the TV had cut away at this point. Uh, they were replaying mm-hmm. the they were replaying whatever the referee called. I ass- I think we all kind of assumed it was a handball on Vel- Velasco because that's what Velasco was complaining about. And then the ball gets played out to uh, their right uh, midfielder or fullback, and Majoma just defends him terribly. And that releases a that releases the ball that causes Martinez to go to the ground about thirty yards away from goal, and then everything's just over at that point. And it was way too easy for New York to capitalize on that moment, and it's one nothing. Yeah, um, I mean there were a couple of crucial errors there. Uh, Eddie gets caught, you know, touchline side of of his mark, which is just a, a huge no no. Doesn't really. I mean, I think at that point you either foul the guy or or you do everything you can to get around him. Um, Martinez caught out of position. He shouldn't have gone to ground there. Uh, that uh, you know, that's a, that's a cardinal sin. Instead, he's he's got to stay on his feet. He's got to stand uh, Rodriguez up, not give him that kind of free run to goal, even Tafaro to cover too. Yeah. It's a classic kind of uh, defensive uh, blunder that we've seen a lot from this team of late, and I, 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 I started this fast enough that I didn't take the time to sit and start adding up all the goals they've leaked over the course of this span of time, which I probably is, what, now three times the amount of goals they had uh, given up prior to that initial loss in Vancouver that started this slide? I think I'm right in saying that, isn't it? Did we lose Dan Crook? No, no, sorry. I'm, I keep muting myself because of the background music. Don't worry um, about that. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, they've been pretty tight, uh, particularly, you know, if we're, if we're talking about off-long balls especially, and uh, everyone just, just caught hardly out of position. So they go into half down one nothing, and it doesn't feel good. Look, here's the thing. This is not a team that is creating chances, uh, hasn't really created, been a regular chance creator all season. But with now their best goal scorer, uh, Ferrer, uh, Jesus, playing way deep into the midfield because of the rotation and the, the starting form, you know, the, the, the decision to start the way they did, uh, Man, we could probably save this to the end, but the Frank O'Hara looks like a, fl- uh, uh, a sack of flour uh, uh, performance just continues. I mean, I, I, I don't know what you do with that guy. I'm not saying he's not trying hard, but his body language is all weird. He doesn't do anything very good. He gets a couple of good cross balls in that he's always, he always seemingly is out of position on every ball that comes in at the top of the six. It's either just behind him or just in front of him, or he heads it over the post. And at some point, somebody has to look at themselves and go, Hey, 
maybe this is about me and not everybody else. Yeah, I think uh, it's a shame there was that uh, that moment when uh, Jesus intercepted the pass when Johnson had kind of run out and. No, we haven't even gotten to that. That's talking point moment number two. We haven't even gotten there yet. <laughs> okay. Well, what I was going to say is that there's a there's a very clear disconnect between um, Jesus and and, and Franco. Um, you know, we saw with Pepe last year. You know, those two just gelled. Um, that you know they were playable in the space, and the other players there. Right now, they they just can't read each other's movement at all. Yeah. Um, well, let's. We've been talking a lot of doom and gloom and frustration and unhappiness. Let's talk a little bit about something that was at least good to see tonight, which was after getting subbed off so early in the last game, uh, and Sebling came on and really uh, displayed a lot of energy, a lot of verb. He was trying to attack spaces. He was trying to make things happen. He doesn't do it very well all the time, but at least with him, you get the sense that the kid really cares and he's trying to be a game changer. I. I, you know, I used to get really frustrated by the number of times you would see a ball out wide and he'd be standing somewhere waving his arms maniacally like, give me the effing ball. Um, and now I kind of appreciate it because I don't really see that out of a lot of other guys on this team of late. No, definitely. I think um, he's he's starting to kind of get the, the tactical side of the game. And, you know, he's a kid with a lot of hustle. Uh, he led the game in... Uh, in dribbles, he led the he joint led the team in tackles. I think clearances too. Uh, you know, and he he played you know, two thirds of the game. He um, if you were doing stock up, stock down, he's he's way out. I mean, I. I thought he was man in a match, personally, for, for that. Well, well, I would say that's the quickest uh, jump from stock down to stock up in the course of a few days uh, in, in, uh, that I can think of in a long while. So uh, I'm sure we'll continue to see more out of the kid because he certainly seems to be uh, working harder than everybody else. All right, let's move on to your aforementioned uh, important moment of the game, number two, which is, and this is a thing, I, you know, a few weeks ago, I was tweeting about how Dallas had been just handed turnover after turnover in, I can't remember which team it was they were playing at that time, that just kept giving them the ball in their own half of the field. And not only, not only did Dallas not turn it into goals, Dallas wasn't even turning it into dangerous opportunities. And that was happening again a lot tonight. New York repeatedly, uh, Steve and Mark on the broadcast, Steve in particular, bless his heart, uh, doesn't really pull any punches. He does it politely and he does it professionally, but Steve is definitely on the mark when he talks about the fact that Dallas's inability to punish teams for their mistakes, especially the egregious ones, is one of the things that is just the most alarming things about this team. And here in this moment, Jesus again is gifted a moment, and between him and Hara both, I think they're both at fault and for different reasons, completely blow the opportunity to tie this game 1-1. I uh, was incredibly uh, disappointed by the ball play. His ace played. I know he tried to get it on his left foot, but um, she's played it way too far ahead. At really at uh, recovering Sean Johnson. I'm sorry, you cut out for a second. What did you say, Dan? Oh, sorry, I'm trying to juggle the Zoom and the uh, Discord. So for everybody listening, Dan is trying to do two things at once, and that's not his fault. We probably should have waited to do this until after the press conference is over because part of Dan's responsibilities is to cover the press conference. So, Dan, I'll, I'll, uh, if, uh, I'll, Dan don't do the press conference thing or just mute yourself for a few minutes until you're done with it, and I'll, I'll kind of run with it. It is here, and this is probably a good was, time. Yeah. What? It's in uh, Spanish. It's in Spanish. I'm oh, actually, well, kind of ignoring that's a spot complete anyway. waste of time for everybody. So that's the moment of the game. Like Dallas has an opportunity to tie the game 1-1, and between those two guys, they blow it. Okay, I'll just stick with this. So, sorry. Uh, uh, Dan, go do the press conference. It's fine. Just mute yourself, Put go to the press conference, and if anybody has questions they want to ask, raise your hand, and I'll throw you on here. At least we'll try it since we've never done this before. Uh, as I said earlier today, we'll try this tonight, and it might be an unmitigated disaster, but those are generally the most fun things to do. So if anybody has any questions, press the little uh, goalie glove looking thing with the box at the bottom of your discord screen and it'll throw you up there and I will attempt to release you into the wild here 
All right, here we go. Question number one. Let's see. Are you here, sir? Are you in? You have to accept yourself, by the way. I think you have to accept it as a speaker. Uh, there he is. Yo. You there? Yeah, can you hear me? I can hear you. How do you pronounce your username? I have no idea. Whoa. Huh? Logues? Logues. All right. Well, hello, Logues. Welcome to hey. the post-game hate fest, rant-filled, blah, blah, blah on the Discord. Thanks for having me, Peter. I think this is a great idea. You should do this after every game, first and foremost. <laughs> I think it would wear me out pretty quickly. <laughs> for sure. Um, so I asked it in the chat there, but I'm actually curious. Like, It kind of seems like we're just repeating the exact same formula over and over again. I think that's because of the depth of the team. I could be wrong. But, I mean, how do you change this up as a coach to kind of, you know, get us somewhere else? Not just Saturday. I think Saturday we're going to be burnt out, but, like, for the rest of the season. Yeah, I'm not even ready to start. I mean, I'm so afraid to even think about what's going to happen when Austin comes to town and all those people. They really are grackles. That's the perfect perfect nickname for those people. Um you know, this is what I wish Buzz was here because Buzz can explain this far more eloquently than I can. But I think this is a byproduct of this team just is what it is. It's the thinness of the roster and a new manager who I believe uh, just isn't uh, it for whatever reason, doesn't have enough trust in enough of his players to really get through uh, a, a large rotation. Uh, you know, Buzz has talked about this a lot la lately in that, you know, his uh, rotation is essentially six guys. And after that, everybody else is persona non grata. The fact that you're in this game, I mean, I this speaks so loudly to the fact that here we are in this game with th this kind of lack of depth and neither Thomas Roberts or Shun can even can't even get into the game as substitutes, and I think in Shun's case, was he even on the bench? I don't think he was. Um, just it just does make you wonder what's going on. And when you've got the 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 clown show that Hot Air Obreon can be uh, over the course of ninety minutes, like he was tonight, uh, you know, you just you I I really unfortunately feel like you're gonna just continue to see the same thing. Because there's no noise, to, as far as I'm concerned, that they, that I've heard that they're going to sign anybody anytime soon. Um, and if they do, uh, you know, I if they do, Logs, I, I just don't think that's going to be anybody of consequence. It may be a young player that they think they can grow and eventually turn around and sell. But man, I I, I just think we are the the team is what it is at this point. Yeah, I I agree with you. I mean, I really just feel like. This transfer window, um, you know, the goal was always to just get through the season and get to the playoffs. And I think that they think that they can get there with this team right now. So I really just don't foresee them doing anything. Well, they might. You know, I think with other results as they went down tonight, I don't think Dallas is in great danger of uh, dropping far in the table. I think they I think they may have fallen to fifth after tonight's results. I haven't really looked at them too closely. And certainly there are other teams in the top 10 or eight of the Western division that are going to, you know, fluctuate up and down. Um, uh, now, Saturday's game against Austin is a huge one because, as other people have pointed out, it's a six-pointer. Um, I mean, they can Austin can put some significant dif distance between itself and Dallas and Houston um, uh, and everybody else if they can come down here or come up here and beat Dallas. And, you know, by, by the way they're playing of late versus the way Dallas is playing of late, uh, you would certainly think that's that's probably in the cards. Um, so if anybody else has any questions or anything, feel free to raise your hand and throw it up, and I'll be glad to put you on here. Thanks to Lowe's for asking the question. You know, one of the things that happened in the game, it's funny, when I watch these games, and this is why I love Steve Davis so much, and I don't know if I'd ever tell him this. Uh, I, well, I think I told him once, and he looked weird when I said it. We, When I watch the game and he's commentating so many times, I'm thinking something, and then Steve says it, and it just makes me happy. And there was a moment late in the game that I really feel like quantifies the headspace of this team, and that is when late in the game, when they're desperately needing the goal, New York plays this loose ball all the way across the field, and Nanu, of all people, 
has all the time in the world to catch up to it and keep it in bounds and start progressing the ball, but he lets it roll out of bounds for a throw-in and subsequently wastes, you know, somewhere between 10 and 15 seconds. And this all happened immediately after a stoppage in play, so it's not like a, hey, i got to stop and catch my breath thing. Uh, it just a, is a mentality that I think uh, is wrong with a lot of the players that I, I've been noticing. All right, let's go back to uh, Mr. L. Hefe, Dustin, original Dallas Burn fan. Uh, Dustin, welcome to the late night third degree Discord jam fest. Yeah, it's not a late night here in God's country. Um, <laughs> but first of all, I, I you know, I, I'm tempted to make the old gray wolf uh, proclamation about this team, you know, that he made about so many other Dallas teams, namely this team sucks. But at the same time, it's like, well, they, they had, they had that great run earlier in the season. So I know that they don't suck, but the problem is I, I think the place where they, I mean, we've all been talking about center back, center back, center back, but honest to God, if, Jesus isn't scoring. This team isn't doing anything. Yeah. And it, you watched it last night, and it was just an absolute, uh, it was, uh, you know, you put it the best when you said a sack of flour, you know, wearing number 29 up front. And it was like, what a waste of space. And you, you said, well, other than Jesus, who does this team have? And what are they going to do on Saturday? Because both those guys went 90 minutes. So are, are you just throw them out there again and you know hope that, hope for the best? I mean, this team needs and uh, needs more strike uh, strikers in the worst possible way. Yeah, and, when, you're, uh, when you're throwing on Benny Reginis at the end of the game to try to help you out, you've got uh, depth issues, uh, especially when you aren't putting on other players that have are probably you would think are more established, as we mentioned earlier, with Shabalik Soon, Shown, and uh, I guess to a degree Thomas Roberts. But I, I uh, look, I I think about this a lot over the course of this run. Again, Dallas now is one five and three in their last nine games. And before that they had a really nice run going and really were surprising people and playing well. But uh, Dustin, you and I have been watching this league since day one. And what do we commonly know about teams that are doing well in the first quarter to third of the season? Um, Especially if they're a surprise team playing well in the first in that first quarter of the third. What always generally happens in this league? Yeah, other teams figure them out. Yep. And, you know, the, the really great ones are the ones that, you know, they, they keep going. They they don't get figured out, either because they have uh, uh, Carlos Ruiz in the prime of his career or they have Carlos Vela in the prime of his career. Uh, but... Yeah, this. I mean, the the book is out on on uh, FCD right now. You, you, if you press them, they're going to screw up, and then you're going to get an opportunity. Hopefully, you can make something out of it. And uh, New York City did tonight, and FCD didn't. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, and I'm I'm not even sure it's a, a function necessarily of uh, getting figured out. I, sometimes I just think the better teams just kind of float around for the first quarter or third of the season and let things kind of. They know it's not critical that they get out to giant leads. Seattle is the greatest example of this of all time. I mean, I know they lost tonight, but Seattle very much of late has been back on their annual, um, you know, rise like a phoenix out of the flames kind of uh, run towards the middle of the season, and you have no doubt that Seattle's going to be just fine by the end of the season. Dallas, on the other hand, has a long history of starting really well and then flaming out in the summer and then really kind of like scrambling in the last, uh, you know, the last third of the season, and it certainly looks like that's going to have to happen again. All right, let me, uh, Dustin, you can stick around if you want, but let's throw Sam on. Oh, I guess Dustin didn't want to stay around. Sam, um, allow yourself to speak. Welcome to the late night FC Dallas Wine Fest. Hey, everybody. Can you hear me okay? I can, yeah. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm in the car driving back from the game. Uh, uh, I'm glad you brought up Nanu earlier, Peter. Uh, I think we might want to start asking the question of where Nanu ranks in some of the worst <laughs> signings, foreign signings, this club has made. Because holy shit, that guy is absolutely useless. 
Uh, I mean, at least in this game, he wasn't hammering every other cross out of bounds. But, I mean, you touched on it, letting the ball just run out of bounds. There's no sense of urgency with him. He His touches are painful to watch. He's brainless defensively. I mean, him and Obreon on one side together is just unbelievably <laughs> frustrating. And, yeah, that is. And between a... the two of them, the, I think the two of them epitomize one really big issue I think that this team has is we love to cross the ball. Now, I understand in this game, NYC did a very good job of staying compact and forcing us out of the middle. But for a team that's so short, we talk about that all the time, for a team that struggles so much on set pieces, we cross the ball so much and we do so many poor crosses. And a few times we do get a head on a ball, it ends up with on Hara's head and he heads over. Jesus had a good header today, but it's it, between those and then these weird long balls they try to play out of the back. I, I lost count of how many times Jesus dropped 40 yards away from goal just to throw a long ball. Nicosi played a bunch of shit long balls forward. It, they're, it reminds me a lot of last year, to be honest with you. It reminds me a lot of just the aimless offense that they that they put out last year where it just seems like they're they don't have ideas yeah uh, at least not when it was a little better I think when Paxton was out there and when you have a midfielder that I think drives forward I thought Zeke did a good job of that a few occasions and we look pretty good but when that's not happening this this team is just they're pain it's painful to watch it's yeah. just brutal honestly yeah and Buzz has talked about this a lot and we've talked about it a lot which is you know this t- this team doesn't isn't very good at chance creation and one of the things that was driving that first third or quarter of the season was that they were highly efficient in in uh you know converting chances the few chances they were making and that's now dried up which is something uh you know we have talked about endlessly as a concern on the podcast uh, which is coming true, unfortunately. Uh, here in this case, it's another it's another example of that question I ask: is why doesn't ever why wouldn't everybody play Dallas this exact same way? Just play mid to low block and force them to try to play through you because they don't cross the ball well. And it's funny, Sam. You say they cross a lot. I don't think Dallas is a big crossing team for exactly the reason that we all know is that they're really short. And I thought it was unusual. I thought it was telling that today they were crossing the ball in a lot. One, because of the way New York was playing, but two, because Frank O'Hara was playing up up top, and he's like the only guy with any height on the team that in theory he's supposed to be good at it. Frankly, I don't think he's good at it anymore. Um, and and so, yeah, it's a frustrating thing to watch because this when a team plays against Dallas in this style, they literally can just shut Dallas down and there's not much anybody can do about it. Um, and, you know, what you get is Jesus, you know, coming 20 yards deep into his own half to try to play balls and do that. And then you've pulled him away from goal. And as we talked about, he's the only one scoring and nobody else is doing it. So... Uh, thanks for the question. Let's let somebody else speak here. Here's Marcus. He's next in line. Marcus, uh, accept the offer of uh, joining us here, and uh, welcome to the late night after game uh, nose pick fest. How are you, sir? Eh, not too bad. Good. What are your thoughts? What do you got for us? <clears throat> I'm not too upset. Um, I think what we have to remember is a lot of these players aren't Nico's players. And he doesn't trust them. So this season is a matter of like figuring out what he wants to keep. And judging from the performances of late, a lot of those players are going to be gone. So I think Obreon's gone. Danu's gone. I think Martinez is gone. Hara's obviously gone. So if Dallas continue to buy the way they've been buying lately, like with Velasco and Ariola. I think we're in for an exciting season next season. This is going to be a slugfest. And I don't think they're going to bring in anyone this window. If they do, it will be a surprise to me. But yeah, really, it's just a matter of getting through the season. I think I think that's a really really good point that you've made, and I and I do think it's smart for anybody that's a fan of this team to recalibrate their expectations because at the end of the day, the team is essentially still, and I still think the team is sitting higher in the in the rankings or in the table than anybody at the beginning of the season probably projected them at. Um, and they're uh, and yeah. and they're 
still, I mean, at this point, in this current run of form, they are certainly playing below expectations or maybe about what everybody expected. But as the overall season to this point, about halfway through it, I still think you can say on balance, they've probably still edged out in terms of uh, exceeding expectations. Now, looking at the schedule on what's coming up, holy cow, they could certainly continue to go on some sort of incredible 2017-like nosedive. Um, but I, I I hope that's not the case, but that certainly uh, is in the cards. Uh, Marcus, it's interesting that you brought up uh, Velasco because that is a player who I, I think we are now edging into territory where uh, we need to begin to start asking questions of what in the world happened or is going on there because – that kid is simply incapable of beating the least average MLS defender one on one. And you would have, if you, if you just had, if you had no idea who that guy was and you were in from out of town or from some other country and you loved football and you were, oh, there's an MLS game, I'm going to go to it, you would, you would be shocked to find out that that kid was that club's record transfer spend. Uh, I just, it's an, an incredible, um, indictment on somebody, and I don't know who it is. I don't know if it's strictly on Velasco. Is it on uh, Zanata for recruiting him and, and making a big deal to get him in here? Maybe he wasn't everything he was hyped up to be. Is it on Nico? Is he, Nico not using him the right way or bringing him along the wrong way? But somewhere along the way, something has gone horribly wrong with the Ask him, Alan Velasco deal. Uh, and uh, it's one of the it's one of the uh, most sore uh, wounds on the team at this point. I don't I don't think so. I think that with a 19 year old, you got to look at like his moments, um, not the whole entire game. I um, mean, he's he's had a couple of great. He's really good with dead ball situations. I think his delivery is really good. Um, I think he's trying a lot harder than he was past couple of games. Um, he. He tracks back. He's he's doing a lot of things that um, he's playing more for the team. He is still not great taking people one on one, but I think it's I think he's trying a little bit too hard. I think he needs to let the ball go a little bit quicker. Um, but, but again, that's le- learning curve coming from a different country, coming coming here, and is it's going to take a little bit for him to find his feet. Um, that happened with Barrios, that happened with Diaz, Castillo. Like, all of our favorite players, it took a while to adapt. I think him being 19, a lot younger than those other players when they first came here, and having that, um, the, the weight of being the record signing is probably playing on his mind too. I think we just need to give him a break and let him develop and... Yeah. yeah, that's probably fair, and I'm probably being a little bit too hard on him, but I I think is um, I don't think it's unfair for any fan to have set an expectation with a record signing like that, only to find out that he's you know he's maybe I mean when I watch him play, he looks like an outstanding 19 year old prospect uh, and yeah. not a record signing, and and I think you know and again this is really unfortunate for him. Um, but it's the curse of the Dallas debut where you score a worldie on your debut and everybody starts calling you Dallas Messi um, and 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 it all kind of goes downhill from there. So certainly well, it's – yep, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I think uh, I think Buzz made a very good point at the beginning of the season when he said, don't expect much from Velasco, but expect a lot from Paul Ariola, And that's exactly what's happened. Yes. Ariola brought in to like really – up the front line, let Velasco develop for next season, and then you got an interesting front three. Yeah, but Velasco's dried up a little bit of late too, hadn't he? Uh, Ariola. I mean, uh, Ariola. Yes, thank you. You think? Uh, yes, uh, I, I think it's mostly um, like the summer, and the, I, I think because there's a lack of depth, there's a lack of rotation, so it's uh, it's taken a toll on all, all these players. But I agree. Again, well, Marcus, thank you. It's great to speak to you the first time. I We chat on the Discord quite often, and uh, I appreciate you being a Patreon and, and a subscriber to Third Degree, and it's nice to talk to you for the first time in, in real time. 
You too, Peter. Thank you. Yep, my pleasure. Thanks for joining in. All right, let's go to my boy blue forty three. I don't even know what your real name is, uh, sir or ma'am, but uh, go ahead and unmute yourself, and uh, let's hear what you got to say. Hello. Hello. You're there. Hi, Peter. And uh, my real name is in the name. Uh, my parents were teachers for twenty years, and they every name they thought of, they couldn't stand a kid that had that name, so they went with Blue because no one had that name. So that's my actual birth name. So that's why it's in there. Your name is Blue, really? Mm-hmm. Like it was funny. I was listening to uh, a show on the ticket, and they were talking about Bluey. I guess it's a children's show, so you may catch a lot of. <laughs> oh, it's a lot of old school. Is what I get. Is the you're my boy, Blue. That's why it's my my name in here. All right. Well, cool. It's nice to meet you officially, Blue. Thanks for joining in that's on the me. late night chat. And uh, I'm calling in from, you know, rainy, actually, for once, McCamey, Texas, with some of the worst internet you'll ever imagine. Hmm. Um, I'm not horribly disappointed just because, well, one, I was a Utah, uh, I'm a Utah jazz fan. I've been a jazz fan for 26 years. I know only pain. But two, um, I agree with the previous points by uh, Marcus is it's not really Nico's team. My only issue I would really have is, and I don't know if you would you would agree with this or Dan or Buzz would. I feel like we're too safe when we have possession. When when oh, you yeah. see <laughs> Siki and even Allen, even though he does turn the ball over a lot, or Jesus or Paxton, when they run at defenses, when they try to make something happen, I think we're really too safe when it comes to that. When Nanu runs at people, good things happen sometimes. And when he doesn't, he's awful. When Obreon runs at people. So I'm curious if we're being a little too safe with the ball. Well, I I agree, and I and 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 that's one of my big frustrations with this team is that they that you know when they're playing a team like New York and everybody else has played them of late, everybody who tends to get the ball in the slow buildup almost immediately looks like a guy that doesn't want to have to do something with it, so they always play it laterally or negatively. And that's the thing mm-hmm. what you're talking about is not really trying to be a chance maker. You know, if there. Are, I was really shocked the other day. I was talking to a friend of mine at a Sunday kick around who is a season ticket holder. He's a good player himself. And I was absolutely stunned when he told me his least favorite player on this team is Paxton Pomacall. And I was, and I was like, I, I couldn't believe it. My jaw hit the floor. I was like, what are you talking about? And he, he said, look, that kid is capable of so much more and he's not doing it. And I don't understand why. Now, he, for whatever reason, didn't have a lot of background on Paxton's injury situation. And I, I think I, uh, I helped him feel a little better about the Paxton situation. But I do think as good as Paxton is having a season and all of the little statistical boxes that he's checking and leading – Um, there is that element of his game that has been missing this year because of the way Nico has this team set up. And I do believe that a lot of that kind of passivity or uh, safety, uh, um, just being too safe with the ball, as you say it, is I'm starting to think that is an instructional thing by Nico because there are guys in this team that used to be ball progressors that don't seem to be doing it much anymore. Well, and I think it's it comes a lot from like we you know, talked about at the beginning of the season. He was brought in. The first thing was said, hey, we conceded more goals than we have ever conceded last year. We need this fix. So I think it part of it is being conservative in order to not turn the ball over because we got cut out in the break all the time last year, all the time. I mean, it was it was frustrating to watch. And um, I think it was more defensive stability. And as we've tried to grow and try to be more attacking and more fluid, we're seeing some of the same issues because while we're trying to be more fluid, the tactics of, hey, we need to pass forward to be more fluid and not side to side are not changing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's more of a, hey, we got burned a lot on this last year, so I don't know if I really trust doing this. Because it's not like we don't have people who can't do it. Because we've all seen Paxton can do it. Uh, to see, even though he it. dribbles a lot more, he 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 takes it forward a lot more too. Hey, Seuss can do it. Paul can do it. Allen can do it on his day. Um, Nanu showed he can do it today. Obreon has his days where he can do it. I think I, I agree with you that I think it, it's I think it's a Nico thing. I don't think it's really a player thing, and it also could be a lack of confidence. I mean, they are a young team, you know, coming from a guy who's you know a high school girls basketball coach. Confidence with anybody below the age of 21 is so, so, so key. And if they're confident, they can take on the stinking world. And if they're not, they're awful. 
Yeah, that's a, those are good comments and good observations. And uh, the fact that you're a coach uh, is obviously worth listening to because um, um, I, I, those are all things that you can identify in watching this team over the course of the uh, over the last several weeks where all the airs just kind of come out of it. Um, and, you know, uh, and unfortunately, they've got a huge game on Saturday. By the way, thank you, Blue. It's very nice to meet you. Thanks for uh, joining the conversation. And uh, we appreciate all your comments and your insight, uh, both here and in the uh, Discord all the time. All right, man? All right. Thank you, Peter. Thank you. Uh, if anybody else has any questions, we'll do this for a couple more minutes, uh, and then I may go to nighty night. Um, but, uh, so raise your hand if you'd like to chime in before we go. I don't know if Dan is still around. I was going to, I had a question for somebody and if Dan, you're still here, pop back on, it dawned on me. Can anybody tell me, and by the way, this is like the most Peter thing ever. I admit it straight up front before I say it. Can anybody remind me what the first game, the stage sign debuted on and what this team's record is since the sign, uh, came around? Because I don't know. I don't remember the first game with the sign. And I have a feeling we're going to find out that we're going to be able to make a running joke that the sign was the <laughs> instigator of this really shitty run of 1-5-3. and Because uh, I feel like, I think they won that first time. And then uh, all of this has gone bad. The other thing that was dawning on me the other day, and I need to look this up too, and I'm sorry for not prep, uh, prepping better for this. But I think Dallas now has lost, and Dan is back, by the way. Thanks for joining again, Dan. Dan, how many home games has Dallas not lost now? Is this their third or fourth or fourth or fifth home loss? Oh, shit. I wish I'd have looked that up before I got in my car. Here, I'll look it um, up. Because uh, <laughs> I'll look it up right now. Because here's the, here's the thing that I, I, I dawned on me the other day is you know Dallas now uh, losing again at home uh one nothing to New York uh, for those who I don't know why I'm telling people that cuz obviously if you're listening to this you know that sorry I'm trying to do that's, two that's things at once yeah. yeah that's the that's the radio broadcaster in me right so Dallas now is 5-3 and 2 at home all right so we're halfway through the season and Dallas is 5-3 and 2 Dan would you agree with me that the 2021 season was the worst season in uh, recent memory of this club? Uh, for now. Okay. <laughs> Do you know what Dallas's record at home was last season in the worst season, the second worst season in club history? Better than it is now? Uh, uh, no, but it's not much worse. It was 5-5-7. Five, five, and seven. You understand where I'm yeah. going with you oh. here? Well, what happened to Fortress Frisco? It was always such a nice place. Which leads me back to my question, Dan. Do you remember the first game that the sign made uh, its debut? Houston. The Houston game. That's right. It was the Houston game. So hold on. Everybody stick with me here. I know this isn't fun, uh, but I'm going to do real-time math here. Let's find out what Dallas's record is since the sign on the stage made its debut. The guide is loading up on the MLS website. So that Houston game, Dallas won 2-1. The next home game, they won against Seattle 2-0. The next, so now it's 2-0. It has a good start, the sign. The next home game is the loss against Minnesota United. So now the sign is 1-2. The next game is the loss against Vancouver. Now the sign is 2-2. Two and two. The next home game is the recent tie against Miami. So now it's 2-2-1. Two, two and one. And now the sign has its third loss on the season. So the stage sign is now 2-3-1. Dan, to you. What you're saying is maybe it's actually the flamethrower thingies <laughs> because they, were, they weren't there for the first two games. Oh, the Flames. Yes, the poor execution of the Flames is at fault. <laughs> hey, look, sometimes it was, it, uh, the only way to get through the pain is to find something funny to laugh at, right? It was, it was funny watching them having to burn off the excess fuel at the end of the game after a loss. <laughs> because they didn't get to fire it because there were no goals scored? Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. All right, anything from the press conference, Dan, with Nico that we need to know about? 
anything important? Did yes. He, did he rant and rave? Did he did he show any emotion whatsoever? No, uh, not only <laughs> the the bulk of it's in Spanish. So it's kind of hard to gauge. That is so to, fucking to annoying. That by the it. way, was that the press conference is largely in Spanish. I mean, I was the only English media at the game. Yeah. So, so anyway, you know, so, it's normally anyway, me and John. So, so was there anything good in there? So um, I derailed us. Yeah, so a couple of things. Um, firstly, Marco Farfan is not going to be is more than likely not going to be ready for Saturday. He's going to undergo a test tomorrow. He had a good day today, uh, so that he's now ready for this test. But um, we know coaches <laughs> like the whole hey, if you're not training for midweek, you're probably not going to make the start. So. Uh, I think uh, I think Dani had a, a a really solid game. So um, other than the whole like running the ball out thing when he shouldn't, um, so I mean you know th- there's at least some cover at fullback. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I asked about Shun, didn't get an answer. Like he just uh, ignored the question. It was kind of a two in one, uh, and he was just just wasn't really. Uh, I think they were trying to rush him a little bit because the press conference had run on quite a long time. Um, so, yeah, there wasn't really a whole lot about that. Um, the rotation, uh, the, the game plan was to throw as many crosses as they could at New York City because that's how they've conceded a lot of goals lately. Uh, they were happy with 37 crosses. They weren't happy with the finishing. Uh, that's why you had uh, Tafari out right at the end of the game, trying to kind of, you know, get some pace up the right and put crosses in, uh, and also a, a tall player to, you know, get on the end of crosses potentially. Uh, I asked about the the limited rotation that uh, Nico uses. Uh, he didn't really understand too well, but he <laughs> basically said, "Sure, he didn't understand." Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, what he, what he basically said, I asked him, you know, hey, we, you know, did you, did you want to leave like Hedges and Paxton and Pawn on the bench? Was that like the ideal scenario? And he was like, well, here's the thing: uh, without those players, some other players did not play very well. Yeah. <laughs> Which I uh, I asked, I was talking specifically about Hedges, so I think that was kind of indicative of how bad the defense was. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming you didn't get to go to the locker room and and talk to anybody after the game, correct? No, I I, uh, I didn't go down to the press conference. I did like the Zoom one uh, they have. Maybe if we do this again, I'll figure out a way to do that. Yeah, that'll be fun. Well, thanks for uh, uh, doing two things at once, Dan. You're, you're pulling yeoman's work, so I appreciate it, my friend. All right, now I get to go home and write a, uh, a report um, on it. Good. All right, pull some good video clips. Please, sir. Uh, I wasn't planning on doing that because I have work in the morning. Uh, all right. Uh, all right. One last chance. Anybody got a question? I'll, I'll give everybody the floor. If anybody wants to make a grand statement or ask a question or uh, yell at me or whatever. All right. Here we go. Woodland Creature. Good Patreon Woodland Creature. Welcome to this little soiree, sir or ma'am. What do you have for the group before we all go to sleep? Yep, nothing, no questions. Just a big thank you. This was awesome. Aww. Hope we do it again. <laughs> yeah, you know what I think I'll do, um, Woodland Creature? You know, it's kind of fun to call people by their usernames. I've never done that before. I'm not a gamer <laughs> anymore, so hey, calling people call by me, their... Call me Grant. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I kind of like Woodland Creature, but okay, Grant. Um, what I'll do is I'm recording this whole thing on my phone. I'm not. I'm not on my phone. I'm recording it on my computer, and I'll edit it up and put post it as this week's podcast for anybody that didn't get to hear it. And hopefully, yeah, use this, it as a, this was worth the price of Patreon alone. So 
Oh, Fantastic. Yeah, thanks, dude. That's really sweet of you. Yeah, look, uh, just so you guys all know, the fact that all and each and every one of you, because you're in this room, means you've paid at least $5 a month to participate for Buzz. You don't know how much that means to me and Dan, uh, because that's Buzz lives off that money in many ways. And, uh, and Buzz means the world to me. Buzz's work means the world to me. So the fact that all of you are willing to part with a little bit of money every month to put in for Buzz's Patreon makes me instantly love you, uh, even though I've never met you. Just, I, I feel like this is my first opportunity to tell you guys I really sincerely love you because I know that you gave Buzz money, and I know why you gave Buzz money, and nobody deserves it more than Buzz. So thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart that you guys do that. And we will do this again. This was fun. So thanks, Grant. It's very nice to meet you, sir. Take care. Thanks. Yeah. All right. Take care. Uh, yeah. What were you going to say, Dan? I was I was gutted to miss out on some of it. I uh, I had the tab on mute when uh, when Mark was talking because there was a a question in English um, in the room. So uh, you know I've had some good conversations about the the beautiful game with him before. Uh, I did I did catch uh, blue. That was uh, you know some some excellent points about um, you know uh, confidence and everything else. It's it's cool to have like a community where there's like a lot of you know, good level discussion on soccer. It's uh, and and not like the the dreaded Facebook page. Yeah, <laughs> you mean <laughs> the, the seventh portal hell? Yes, exactly. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah, we'll do this again. This is a lot of fun. And if you guys have any thoughts about it, how to make it better or do it differently or whatever, don't be afraid to shoot me a note on the Discord or on Twitter or email or some of you got my phone number. Call me. Whatever. I don't care. Um, it's always good to hear from you guys, and thank you again. Uh, Dan, thanks for doing the work. Dallas 0, New York City FC, the Pigeons 1. Uh, yep, yeah, Dallas 1, 5, and 3 on the run. Austin FC, the dreaded Austin FC. By the way, the most annoying thing came out on Twitter, the uh, an article about them, uh, Charles Boheim's article, and I don't remember who it was he was interviewing from the Austin front office, actually had the fucking audacity to claim that the scenes and the atmosphere at Q2 Stadium is the best of anything in the universe. He essentially said, not only is it the best in Major League Soccer, wrong, it's better than any other professional atmosphere of any other league and collegiate. I can't believe he said that. What a troll. I hate that man. Um, and so him and all of his annoying fans are all coming to town Saturday. What were you going to say, Dan? That, that was the team president. And Charlie is a really, really great guy. I was kind of disappointed to see that shit. Yeah, I was. Uh, well, I know. Hey, look, if the president of the club makes that outlandish a statement, I think it's so. I think it's. It's okay to put that quote in there. I just yeah. was a little disappointed he didn't push back on it because I can just think of 10 sporting of uh, atmospheres across pro, college, and high school that are better than Austin's scene. And I've been to Austin. I've been to a game there, and it is very good, but it's not the best in the universe. So that's all I have to say. So hopefully Dallas, Nico, and the boys get their shit together and cram it up their ass on Saturday uh, as Austin comes to town. Thanks to everybody. I'm going to shut this down and go to bed, and uh, we'll uh, post it as the podcast uh, tomorrow, and hopefully we'll all enjoy pictures from Buzz as he travels down some European river. You guys have a good night. Uh, Go, team, go, and we'll uh, talk to you again sometime soon. Good night. Wait, you forgot the important one. Oh, what's that? Get stuck in and win your headers on 37 fucking crosses. (laughs) Yes, that, exactly. (laughs) Good night, everybody. Have a good one, guys.